What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Millennium Misfits podcast. My name is Asher. My name is Sherson. And today, yeah, and today we have. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Um, And today we have a guest with us, and her name is Kate. Kate, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. So um, go ahead. I love it. I love it because Asher literally explained what normally happens. Like we, we try and introduce the guests and then they, they hop in and like everyone's confused and we try to avoid that. And then we got it there. It's okay. We love it. We love it. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's totally okay. So yeah. Thank you for joining the podcast. We're really, really happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, Kate is somebody that we got to know um, through Instagram. We reached out to her because she has an Instagram page. And her Instagram page is called Memoirs of Daughter-in-Law. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So I thought your Instagram page was extremely interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you how I found it. Um, mm-hmm. I was on Humans of New York. And mm-hmm. there was a post on there. And I was just scrolling through the comments. And I saw, I think I saw one of your comments. And then I saw the name. And I thought it was interesting. I'm like, hmm, that's an interesting name. So I clicked on it and then I saw the content that you were posting and I said, wow, let me reach out to this person because I feel like she has some interesting content and stories to share. So if you're curious about how I found you, that's how I got you. (laughs) Okay, that's good. Yeah. So if you don't mind, could you just kind of tell us what it is that you're doing with um, your Instagram? Sure. So, I mean, being like Indian South Asian, I found that there were often limited resources to kind of what our life has been like when you know we were growing up and I know that there's a lot out there now so as we were growing up like what our experiences were like like a lot of us are immigrants children and kind of what the immigrant experience was like and as much as there is a lot of talk around that the one area that I thought really needed a little bit of attention was kind of the plight of women in particular, especially women that are married into Indian families, as well as daughter-in-laws in general, really from any culture. Um, sometimes daughter-in-laws and their positions and families are so embedded within the culture that even if you never grew up that way, even if you were never geared to behave a certain way, once you get married, your expectation changes overnight. And it's very difficult sometimes to navigate through that because nobody really ever prepares you for what it's going to be like once you're married, especially if you have in-laws that are more traditional or families that are more traditional than how you grew up. Sure. Sure, sure. Um, So, so, go ahead. yeah, yeah, and for sure. And we, Asher and I talked about this right before the podcast and, and understanding kind of like um, kind of like the niche of your stories because uh, like I, I'm Sri Lankan, so I, I'm, I'm close in culture. So I cannot, I, I, like I understand like where you're coming from with those stories. So, but we wanted to get your kind of like your take on that. So can you kind of expand on what you mean by that? Like in terms of um, you, when you get married, you have like an expectation shift. It, oftentimes right like what what are those things that like can you touch on a few of those things that like take people by surprise sure so like for like I think a perfect example is that when we're growing up there really isn't a difference between boys and girls right like you go to school you do your thing you get into university you go get your degree whatever profession you're choosing and you can basically choose whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it I know when I grew up like there wasn't a strong expectation placed on me to be cooking and cleaning and kind of do all doing all these different things that traditionally women have done in the past. Right. So 
And so having grown up in North America, those expectations were never really placed on me. But I felt kind of closer to getting married after getting married, that expectation changed. And it was like, so are you going to cook? And I was right. like, what? what? I'm supposed to cook? <laughs> it was that kind of thing. But I knew it wasn't just me, right? Like I think often when I even talk to other friends and they would tell me the experiences that they were having in their families and their homes after getting married. And it was very difficult. Like I think sometimes that, that kind of expectation really kind of shatters who you were because, you know, you went from being free, you went from not having that expectation. You went from being able to do what you want to do to now having to cater to another family, which I think many women find very, very difficult because we weren't raised that way. For sure, for sure. So um, you're currently in Canada, right? I am. Yeah, and so I'm assuming your husband is also Indian or Asian? He is. He okay, is. so I that's kind of how you fell into those expectations as well because of his heritage, right? Absolutely. And, and I think I, it, it's funny that you bring that up because I don't even think that it was just an expectation. I think it might have been an untold expectation for my side of the family as well because they just assumed that I would fall into that role and not question it. But, I mean, I was working. I was doing the same things that he was doing, bringing in an income. And I was like, wait, how come these duties are not more split up, right? Like, why is everybody expecting me to do it when we're right. bringing in the same stuff to the table? So that, that kind of threw me for a loop. I am lucky. Like, I know that my situation isn't terrible um, by any stretch of the imagination. I have a fantastic husband. Um, you know, I, I don't have those kinds of issues. But as I was listening to stories that my friends would tell me, that other people would tell me, that I would hear, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like that's terrible, like that you have to go through that, right? Um, also, I, like I know that I had, you know, hidden my face for this uh, interview or podcast or, you know, segment, um, but that's partly because I feel like if people can recognize me, then they're going to feel like I can recognize them. And I don't want people to hold back if they want to share a story because it will be anonymous, right? But the point also being that I am quite verbal, I do stand up for myself, and I don't necessarily take those kind of expectations and take them personally. I will tell people what I'm comfortable with and not comfortable with, but not a lot of people can do that because once you're thrown into that situation, the whole time you're thinking, is my marriage on the line? Is my family name on the line? Are people gonna look at me different because I'm fighting back? Like there's just so much pressure to keep everything perfect and hidden behind a door. and. Um, I really felt like that's really no way to live. Like our life is so short and to have to live behind a door just because other people are going to think differently of you doesn't make any sense to me. For sure. So how did you kind of get started on that? Like in terms of um, get, gathering the account itself? Cause I, I know you mentioned you, you heard stories from your friends and family yes. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so there was this one, the, the one particular story that I'm currently on right now on my account, I know a couple of people have commented, well, it's kind of long and you could probably shorten it to just two or three posts and move on. But part of the reason why I had really elongated the story and went into a lot of detail, because I think it hits on a lot of different aspects of our culture, right? For instance, um, in the one segment where her mother-in-law had called her 
her uh, chubby or fat and how it affected her. So getting back to your question, how I gathered that story, I wanted people to see it doesn't necessarily have to be so dramatic where it's like you were hit by somebody or there was a, a sort of domestic violence where it was physical. Like the emotional toll and the emotional trauma over a certain amount of time is just as damaging as something that was physical and i'm talking about a girl that was born and raised here assertive <clears throat> had an amazing family life went to school had her career you know had people that she was close to that were supporting her but then thrown into a situation where she was looked at like a villain but all she did was get married right right to somebody that she loved and loved her and he didn't think that she was a villain but you know, many people in her family thought that she was. And I, to me, that was really sad because I'm like, it really eats away at you. It away, ate away at her emotionally. And it really made her question who she was when she was just this human being with her personality who was not doing anybody any harm and was definitely not a villain. And she should have been accepted for that. It didn't need to vilify her just because she didn't think like his family did. Right. I have a question. So do you think, I know that, um, I may be wrong, but I think in India, arranged marriage is, is uh, common, right? Yes. So would you think that the arranged marriage idea makes it worse for the whole daughter-in-law perspective? Um, I, you know what? I think that there's two schools of thought around that, right? I think when you're geared to believe that that is the way your life should be and that that is what you're what you're being raised to do is you know eventually get a nice relationship get into a nice family marry them and if you're okay with that then i'm okay with that right so i right. think in india it's different because when you're geared to do that and you you fall into that life but you're comfortable with it and that is what you want then there's nothing wrong with that and listen not all in-law situations are bad some are fantastic they treat you well, you're a part of the family, you're a daughter of the family, you're, you're an equal in every other way. I think in North America, what happens is people that moved here like 30, 40 years ago from India or Africa or from the island, like wherever they had come from, they're still living that life where things have progressed so much in India, people have moved on so much in India. But in North America, some of the families, I feel like they're stuck in the way things were back home. So when you now, you know, have your son marry a girl who was born and raised here as well, who doesn't really buy into that idea or buy into that ideology, you can't expect them to change because that's really not what they got married for, was to change and live like people were living in India or Africa or somewhere else, right? It just, to, to me, that that is 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 where the narrative has to change like if you're from that mindset and you're comfortable with that and that is what you wanted to do is take care of a family when you got older i can respect that but if that's not what you wanted to do and you find you found a life partner and you wanted to build a family outside of that narrative you should be allowed to so whether an arranged marriage makes it worse or not for a daughter-in-law i think that's debatable right because if that's what they want then you can't argue that right Right. And just kind of as a follow up to what you just said. So for Indians that do come to a country like Canada, right, we have mm -hmm. a very multicultural society, right? Yes. So you could have your norms and beliefs on how you should live your life. And then when your children 
grow up in that environment, they tend to be exposed to a lot of different schools of thought and how you should live your life. So I feel like what does happen sometimes is that there's even more stress or there's more Mm -hmm. this is put on how you should or how you should Mm -hmm. values because they have that feeling that my kids being poisoned by all of these different ideas i'm using poison as like the the term because you know so there's a bad thing right that person is thinking of it like in a western perspective they're not thinking about it traditionally and then there ends up being more pressure that's put on the child or the children in order to act or behave a certain way so i think that kind of goes along with what you're trying to say yes poisoned by western society i've heard that a lot in uh in very in variations of that phrase you know yeah yeah well i always look back upon a lot of like like even on the humans of is it the official humans of bombay account is is that the one that i think i've i've uh, looked on at well it's the version that's from india like humans of new york Mm -hmm. and sometimes i read stories and, um, you know, about things that have happened to women, um, whether it's because they fought back with their husband or their in-laws or whatever the story was. And like, I know I'd, I'd read one where they're, you know, physically hurt or there's, um, I know that there's a few uh, stories about acid attacks going on as well. And I always think like, if I live there and if my parents hadn't moved here, and if I was living there and I was raised there and I married into a family where that was okay and that was acceptable with my personality and me standing up for what I believe in and me kind of thinking outside the box and not falling into these society's norms, could that have been me? And I always question myself and say, maybe that could have been me. And that really gets to me because I'm like, I, I don't know how I would have felt I don't know how I would have reacted or how I would have survived if I was in that situation. And that was another reason why I wanted to start this account because I want other women to read as well. It is like this stuff does happen. Like even in North America, like we go through a situation, we follow a path and sometimes it's not all roses and life just doesn't carry on. And, you know, and it's okay to have these feelings. It's okay to have these stories and it's okay to share them. Because the truth is, sometimes these things shouldn't really happen. Like, you shouldn't be called fat. You shouldn't be called dark. You shouldn't be judged on the color of your skin or how much you can cook. Like, why not judge us as people and humans? Right. And especially by, by all accounts, your loved ones that you would consider the closest to you, right? Like, these are people that you live with every day. And it's like, if that's the type of treatment that you're going to get from them, it's like, it's, all, it's a different perspective then, right? Like, so. Yeah, I, I agree. So I, I like that you're showcasing these stories um, to kind of put that out there to, to, to let people know this is what's going on. Right. Right. So is, where are you getting your stories from? Uh, you had mentioned the humans of uh, Mumbai. Is that where you get most of your content from? No, actually, I, so this, this one that's currently being curated, like the really long one is a story of somebody that has shared it with me. And I'm asking people to write in and share their stories with me. So Amazing. I try to keep it as authentic as possible. So if one day I don't post because I don't have a story to share, then I don't have a story to share. But I don't want to make anything. I don't want to make any of the content that matters up. There are times where I might have to change uh, where somebody lives or a situation within their family that's not really relevant so they can't be identified. But the actual content and what actually happened is real. And where do they find you? How do they reach out to you? 
So since I started this Instagram page, they can email into me and I always post in my stories on take or um, like I'm taking stories. You can email me and you're an anonymity, however you say that word, your anonymous um, section will be respected. So if you don't want somebody to know who you are, I won't put any identifying details in there. I did have somebody that wrote into me. Um, her story was, it was, it was quite sad. And it, uh, you know, so she had said that she had actually reached out to me and said, I want to share a story with you. And I said, absolutely. And I said, you can email me or you can, you know, DM me in, in my Instagram page and, you know, we can go from there. And it took her a few days and then she finally did send me a story and I read it and I was like, oh, wow, like this was, it's, it's quite intense. And, um, I said to her, I will, you know, curate it to, you know, sound it, like make it sound more cohesive and make sure that all the pertinent information is there that you want there. And I will run it by you and I'll make sure that you're okay with the content before I post anything. And she wrote back about 20 minutes later saying, you know what, I've changed my mind. I don't think I want this story written anymore. And I said, I completely understood. And then I reached out to her and I asked her a couple of days ago, um, you know, is everything okay? And not because I wanted to post the story, but I was wondering if writing that story out was cathartic, but it also brought up a lot of raw emotion for her. And, you know, she, it took a couple of days and then she uh, responded saying, thank you for reaching out. But yeah, the first couple of days were really, really difficult. And, um, you know, and, and so there are situations like that where people share their story privately, but then they realize, I just wanted to share my story, not necessarily have it posted. Um, and, you know, that will happen, but I want to keep it as authentic as possible. I don't want to make someone's story up. I don't want to make up a narrative. For sure. And, and to that point, like, what, what's been, the, what's been the, the kind of feedback, so to speak, um, from these stories and from this account? And like, in terms of people reading the stories, your audience, people who know who you are behind the scenes, like what's been the, yeah. their feedback about this account? Okay, so for people that don't know me, will message like have have a private message me and been like, I'm really liking the content. Thank you for sharing this. Like, um, you know, like things like that. Thank you for bringing light to this. Some people like very few people will comment in the sections, but a lot of times I'll get comments in the section of people saying things like, "Tell this girl to stand up for herself." Like, how come she hasn't stood up for herself and that kind of stuff. And I think um, just general general comments on what they think of the situation, right? Um, in terms of my friends that know that I've started this or family members, they're just like, go for it because this is a story that they think needs to be highlighted and they feel empowered to a certain extent. You know what, if you're standing up for yourself and you're getting other people to stand up for themselves, I'm going to stand up for myself. And right. for me, that's enough. That's enough. If I can help somebody along the way, give them a little bit of a push to say, you know what, I don't like that and I'm not going to put up with that, then I'm satisfied. Fair. I think Fair. that's I think that's awesome. Like clearly, if you can create a community around people that have similar experiences, then you can create change, right? That's kind of like exactly. how change is usually created these days, or even in the past, I should say. So, right. um, what's what's your personal like background? Like, obviously, I understand like your ethnicity and you understanding it, you know, because of your culture. But like in terms of you relating to these stories and you trying to be sympathetic or helping these people, have you had like, um, did you go to school for this? Did you? Um... So I actually have a background in family counseling. Okay. That's what I did. Um, I, I've worked in social services for a very, very long time. Um, so like I've worked with all different kinds of people with all different situations, all different kinds of issues. Um, but I, I always felt drawn 
to these kinds of issues. And I don't know if it's just because of the background that I come from, seeing my friends through, go through it, seeing ants that I have known in the community go through it. And, you know, and, and often, like, I think I'm fairly intuitive, right? So I remember one story, and this is when I was pregnant way long ago. And um, we'd gone to a wedding and um, there was a, a family friend of my husband's and she had two sons, this woman had two sons, okay? So both the sons had attended the wedding and one son was married with kids and the other son was not married yet. And the son that was married with kids had two daughters. And as the wedding was going on, you know, she was joking around about, I really want my second son to get married. I really want him to get married. And I was like, well, you know, he'll get married when he wants to get married or when he's ready. And that's if he wants to get married, right? You can't force anybody into anything. And her response was, I want him to get married so she, he can finally give me a grandson. While her daughter-in-law was standing there who'd had two daughters. Wow. And the look on her face, and I was like, I just kind of looked away. And again, I was pregnant. And not having, you know, really talked to her that much, not really knowing her, not really knowing the family dynamics. I just, I never really reached out to her or even kind of said, were you okay with that after she had said that? Because, but clearly she was not. And I, and, th and that story really sticks out in my mind because like here was your son, like your granddaughters, and obviously you love them. Like there was no doubt that she loved them. But I think intrinsically the value you place on girls versus the value you place on boys is very different. And it was just a very, I think it was very innocent way of saying it. Like I don't think she meant anything by it. I don't think she meant to hurt her daughter-in-law. But that impact, because because I think in our culture, women are supposed to be selfless and you do everything for your family and, you know, you just put up with whatever comes your way. I don't think she realized how much it had hurt her daughter-in-law. Right, right. And I like that in a way, like accounts like these where you're showcasing these stories, I feel like even if it's not directly at these people who are, yes. are, are, who are still thinking this way, it's like, the culture shifts when you get to see these stories because it's like subconsciously you can understand that like like you just mentioned this woman in the story like she probably didn't mean it in in a rude way but like subconsciously it's still there right like the foundations right. of that thought is still there so and that's how it presents itself so like through these stories maybe at least that side will go away as well right and i mean like even if it doesn't go away because people are allowed to have whatever feelings that they do have in trend. Like if some people really just want sons and not want any daughters and that's okay, but you can't force that narrative on anybody else. And I think especially your daughter-in-law that marries into a family when they don't have any control of what sex their child's going to be. And I think that's where even you're, you're okay to feel that way, but don't be like, know your audience, know that if you say something like that and it hurts somebody, you're going to get some backlash for it but you can't be upset with that backlash because you did say it. That son thing is a weird, is a weird thing. That's a very common sentiment in, in kind of Southeast Asia and South Asia, kind of all in that region. Many cultures. Uh, and Many and cultures. It, even in Africa too, it's common. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's common. And it's weird to me because I'm like, everyone is born from a woman. So like what, yeah. and, and you put this like weird, like you need to have men in this family. It's like, okay, what about the next generation after that? You're not going to have any daughters and you're not going to have any kids. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't yeah, make sense. No, to I me. understand completely. You know what I think is so interesting though? I think, I mean, I, I, I'm not a 
I, I don't come from a medical background. So I got, correct me if I'm wrong, or if somebody hears this, this story and they're like, no, she's wrong, then I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. But I think it is the man who determines the sex. So, I, I think yeah. you're correct. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Am, am I correct? So I'm thinking, yeah. like, I, I always think in the back of my head, like, why are you blaming it on her? Why are you pointing this at her? Like, talk to your son about this, right? I don't think any conversation should be had with her, right? <laughs> so, it, like, that, that always boggles my mind if you know this. And, you know, um, South Asians in general, Southeast Asians in general, like we're very science driven people. We talk a lot about going into the sciences for school and becoming doctors and becoming engineers and everything's very scientific. Then this one little thing that cleans and clears up the entire mystery for you. Why are you blaming the wrong person for it? Right. That makes no sense to me. Um, yeah, you're 100% correct. They shouldn't blame the woman, they should blame the man for that. It's just like, right? you know, he's the problem. These are the reason why you can't have any boys. Not, not exactly. The fault. Um, I was going to ask a, a question. So, do you think that um, this is my thought, but sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, we, we place emphasis on other people's um, opinions of us, right? So, if mm-hmm. I have my own family, I have children or I'm married and stuff like that, like I want to portray a certain image towards the people that are in my circle that, hey, my family, not that my family is better than yours, but my family is well to do and everything's, you know, great. So do you think that it's a, that's an issue in the culture where you're putting all this emphasis on your daughters-in-law because they're supposed to uphold a certain standard just because they are afraid of what other people may think of them? Oh, absolutely. I think it's, uh, it's uh, like, unfortunately, but I think it's partly about what everybody is going to think. So, for instance, if a daughter-in-law marries into the family and she's not buying into the culture that your family upholds, how does that make you look as a person? You don't have control over her. Your son didn't make the right pick. Um, he doesn't have any control over her. She's going to overrun him. Like, it's just what everybody is going to think. And it's unfortunate because you lose so much of who you are worrying about what everybody else is going to think. Because really, at the end of the day, all that really matters is what you think. And as long as you're doing the right thing or you think you kind of have the right intentions, it shouldn't matter what somebody down the street who belongs to the same community who really has no say in your life. Why does it matter what they're going to think? It doesn't matter. And, and that's unfortunately, I think, a big part of our culture. What are people going to think? If you don't pick the right career, you don't go to the right university, you don't have the right amount of kids, you don't have the right house, the right car, the right shoes, what is everybody going to think? I have um, two more questions, but I'll just share this and get a question after I ask this one before I forget. Um, so divorce, like clearly um, there's some people that are in situations where it's almost, they can't resolve it. The pressure is too high. Um, Mm. And, you know, I know in a lot of cultures that are not Western, in Western culture, divorce is quite common. Um, Mm -hmm. But in, you know, in Asia and Africa and other places, like divorce is extremely frowned upon. So Mm -hmm. you find yourself in in a situation where, you know, whether it's arranged marriage or not, you are married and, you know, you are trying to make it work. You're trying your best, but divorce is almost like not an option for you right and so then Mm -hmm. you you know suck it up and you know be stuck in a situation and say hey this is what i signed up for this is my life and i can't do anything about it so Mm -hmm. do you think that that's something like that's an option that should be considered or there's always a way of fixing the the relationship i mean 
I think you like relationships. I really feel relationships are work. Nothing is 100%. It's going to be a, a walk in the park every single time. And I think you kind of have to have like a set of things that are negotiable, a set of things that are not negotiable. And you, you, you can't create an issue about every little thing. There's some things you're just like, okay, it is what it is. You got to let it go and you got to work at it. Right. Um, but for people that can't work at things and if you're 100% miserable and you know, your entire self-worth is being taken away just because you're not wearing or you don't have the right color skin or you don't cook something the way it should be cooked or just the way you are, people can't accept, then I think it should be an option that is exercise because there's really no point being miserable for both people because the family is obviously going to be miserable with you as is the husband and then you're right. going to be miserable. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Why be so miserable and all these people be miserable together? It doesn't make any sense to me. If they're really, if like, if divorce is imminent and you know that it's the right thing to do, then I think it should be done. Fair, fair. And, and, and just following up on that, I want to ask a quick question in there. Why do you think that is? Like, and, and I ask this from my perspective, like, I, I it's such a weird sentiment that like the, the South Asian community has. It's like, they almost enjoy the misery. It's like, this is how we need to be. <laughs> And like, yeah. we're miserable because of this, but like, this is how we will be forever. And I'm like, why don't you do something to get yourself out of that misery? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, they almost, they put it on a pedestal. But yeah, no, listen, I, I agree 100%. Like they, they think, uh, you know, stay together at all costs. I'm like, but the costs are so high. Right. Like you're going to waste your entire life away being miserable. Top it all off. If you have children, that is no way to live. I do not want my kids to think that you need to be miserable ultimately to be happy because that's not true. Like you can change that. You can change that narrative 100%. Um, and so what if somebody gets divorced? Things don't always work out. And I, I think that's okay. Like, I don't think it needs to be like such a shun to the family or it creates a bad family name. At the end of the day, if two people are not happy together, they should not be together. I like that a lot. And Asher, I know, I, I know you got a question in here. I, I just want to close that point off with what I really like what you said there in terms of like showcasing that to the kids, right. To be like, Hey, sometimes shit doesn't happen. It should doesn't right. work out. And like, you need to understand that as well. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I personally know someone that um, their parents are not divorced, but they live in the same household. Um, mm -hmm. the, the kids and the parents and the parents don't talk to each other and they wouldn't you know there's the fear or not if it's fear or you know the idea that like divorce isn't an option and I know it's it's common for you know children to live in a household where the parents don't even communicate but they won't get divorced because it's just not in their culture right yeah. Right. Well, I mean, they're, but they're basically divorced. Yeah, basically. They're divorced, right? Basically, <laughs> they're staying together so other people can see that they're still together. Like, to me, that, that's really no way to live. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's terrible. Uh, so, okay, so maybe my last question now is, I guess, what's the, the future goal for you with um, this Instagram? Like, do you see yourself maybe doing events? Do you see yourself maybe transitioning to a certain type of media? Like what, what do you, obviously you're still going to continue sticking with Instagram, I'm assuming, but like, what are your future goals with this? You know what? That's a great question because I can honestly say, I don't know. I uh, originally had wanted this to be more of a blog, um, but I am not techie. And I, you know, had created this entire web page that I've bought and it's actually memoirs of a daughter-in-law. And I was going to plug some of these stories in there. And I'm trying to fuse the two between Instagram and that. 
but I'm just not techie. So it's taking it a long time to even try to trying to get that to work. So I've chose when the pandemic hit, I thought, you know what, I've got a little bit of time on my hands. I'm still working, but I wasn't out of the house as much as I normally would have been. So I just started writing and I just started doing it. I just started asking for stories. So I guess to answer that, I don't know. We'll see where it takes me. I don't know the uh, legalities around this, so maybe I might get you in trouble, but like, can you, since you, since you have a background in family counseling, like, can you yeah. reach out to these people uh, and make them clients to be like, Hey, let me walk you, let me help you through the situation. You know what I mean? Could it be um, like a, uh, no, I wouldn't do that. Okay. All right. No, I didn't know. I didn't know. So it's like, are you trying to make money off me or are you trying to share my story? <laughs> I, I figure you're ex you have the experience to professionally help these people. And then you have a blog to showcase your stories anonymously. Yes. Why not merge them? Yes. Right. But yeah, I'm just, yeah, no, I, 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 and, and, and when I say no, I wouldn't do that because I've been in social services, counseling and working with families for a very long time. And it is emotionally draining. And I think, once they share their stories, um, depending on where they are on, uh, on their journey, they can always look to me and ask me, oh, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about this? But I think carrying them through, I know myself, I have been drained uh, after having been in this field for a very long time. And I think I'm ready to kind of start a different journey in it. It doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be that I have to help fix it, but I can at least just share their stories. I can be an outlet, but I don't think that's what I want to do long-term with it. For sure. Hey, don't <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was a good question. <laughs> yeah. Like teachers say, there's no bad questions, my friend. You just ask, <laughs> just ask. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have less than a minute left. So I just want to say thank you, Kate, uh, for your time. It's been awesome mm -hmm. trying to not trying learning about the different perspectives that you had to offer. And mm -hmm. I do wish you success with your, your page and your blog. If you do get there um, and would love to have you on. And if you do have any ideas or any other people that have some stories, you know, similar to you or yep. and stuff that they want to share and you, they can hop on our podcast at any time, share some any last words. hundred um, percent. No, Thank you for the time. We appreciate you. Sorry. Go ahead. I think I cut you off there. No, I was going to say thank you. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> thank you. I, I, we think uh, your account is doing a great service, just showcasing these stories for people to see. So uh, keep that going. We'd love to see it. Okay. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for having me. Wish I you really all the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.